0: Good morning, good morning, and thank you for joining me on this Sunday morning as I am presenting to you a series of scriptures which talk about obtaining the desires of your heart. And the two ways that you might do just that. So Lord, we come in the name of the Most High God, who has revealed Himself through His Son, Jesus. Who has taught us how to live. And who shed His blood for us on Calvary. Amen. And we owe a debt to Jesus because He paid it all and we give Him thanks. I extol the Lord. I magnify Him. I bow down before Him with reverence and thanksgiving, for without Him I can do nothing. I praise his wonderful works, he is marvelously magnificent, and I can't thank him enough. So, Lord, let your glory come down and fill me, come and dwell with me as I attempt to break this bread of life, hide me behind the cross that your presence may be seen. And none of me will be seen in this preaching. My subject is What is your delight? What is your pursuit? We go first to Psalm 37 4 through 5, which says, Delight yourself in the Lord. And the tacit question for mankind is why? The answer is because He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. But there's a process. Number one, you commit your way unto the Lord. Number two, trust in Him also. And three, He shall bring it to pass. So you commit, you trust. And he acts. He brings it to pass. We in the United States know that the pursuit of happiness is a human right. And the fundamental human desire of all who inhabit God's creation called Earth. We pursue happiness and excitement because they are basic human rights. So it falls to say... The number one desire of everything that moves and breathes is to be happy, to be appreciated, and to feel love. It is the delight of mankind and womankind. It is our most natural pursuit. Because we lost the true happiness back in the Garden of Eden at the time of man's fall. So that brings me back to my original question today. And I ask you again, what is your delight? What is your pursuit? Have you ever heard anyone say the Bible is not relevant today? Have you heard someone say we should adopt a mindset of self-satisfaction, which translates to going with the flow? Flowing through life. That is seriously dangerous. And further, people say that people who believe in the Bible have lost their flow or genuine satisfaction, which translates into selfishness. This allows one to enter into a mindset of self-aggrandizement, whereby you feel strong, in control, conscious, and somehow you're confident in your own abilities. In other words, you are delighting in yourself. But the Bible says implicitly, delight thyself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And as Christians, we pursue self-satisfaction for ourselves. Through Christ, we are to follow Matthew 6.33 which explicitly says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all those things will be added to you. So there's a process of action, the verb seek, and those things will be added. Next, we are to fear the Lord for His kingdom, according to Psalm 111. Why are we to seek and fear? Verse 1 holds the explanation, the fear of the Lord does not mean fear or trepidation. It means reverence, sincerity, and devotion to God, acknowledging His majesty and knowing we will finally face His judgment. The Holy Spirit wants us to be responsible, so this comforting spirit fills us with devotion and service to God. We are attached to the heart of Him who knows our wants and needs while loving us like a Father, while caring for us all. This means that there are some inherent promises made by God. So let's look at the psalmist in Psalm 111. God has promised us joy. But this is conditional because the psalm openly praises God. And verse two, great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in Him. And three, glorious and majestic are His deeds, and His righteousness endures forever. Forever doesn't mean temporary joy. Forever means eternal joy. He is forever gracious and forever compassionate. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, and five, he provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. Making this relevant for us today, do you remember what he has done this day for you? We can start, like our mothers and fathers said, acknowledging that he woke me up this morning. And they said, he started me on my way. He put food on my table and clothes on my back, a spring in my step. Gave me a mind to praise him. Helped us to run on a little while longer. Gave us our children and gave them health and strength. Brought us out of misery and strife gave us a brand new life and no you are not yet what you shall someday become 1 John 32 I'm sorry 1 John 3 and 2 states now we are the sons of God already we have the great privilege of being sons and it does not yet appear what we shall be Our future glory is not yet made manifest. Even we ourselves cannot understand it, but we know that when He shall appear, one glorious revelation has been made. At the coming of Christ, we shall be like Him. Then we shall be like Him in body. Philippians 3.21 We shall also be found morally in His image. But well, we shall see him as he is. To look upon him has power to change us into his glory. Remember when his people grumbled with hunger, and he fled them with bread from heaven. When they groaned with thirst, he squeezed water from a rock. How he rode a thunderstorm to Sinai and ignited the top of a mountain. How he spoke in thunderclaps. Out of a cloud of smoke. How he called Moses into a tornado of fire. So that he could give him the commandments etched on stone. By the finger of God himself. How he revealed his name as the Lord. Sovereign in grace and mercy. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Hallelujah. He is a giver of love. But he is the forgiver of sins and the punisher of guilt. Look at God. Do you remember that he led the Israelites into a land that flowed with milk and honey and gave them rest? But this psalm is not merely about the past. We're also directed to the future with five of forevers. His righteousness endures forever in verse 3. He remembers His covenant forever. His precepts are established forever, verse 8. He commands His covenant forever, verse 9. And His praise endures forever, verse 10. To go back, you may achieve selfishness by doing something that satisfies you, like eating, or something physical. But the Bible says that knowing God in Psalm 111 gives us wisdom and understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praises endureth forever. Wisdom teaches us that the Lord God is to be praised for His works. Praise for His works. And we emphasize the H-I-S because praise ourselves only eradicates the work of God with our ego. But my Bible tells me that He, not me, not you, but He knows what is best for me. And you missed that. It was a shouting moment. Hallelujah. Praise Him because He knows. Amen. 115 says, He hath given meat unto them that fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. And you missed it again. A shouting moment. Hallelujah. It says He will be mindful, so you don't have to remind Him with email or text. But the Bible in one eleven seven says that the works of His hands verify judgment and all his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Another shouting moment that you missed. Hallelujah. Wisdom in the scriptures sense is a virtue which makes a good man makes him virtuous only through practice. It is not automatic. You must practice. The fear of the Lord means we love God in our hearts, but also serve Him with devoted, unselfish hearts. And seven, the works of His hands verify, and judgment and His commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. It is the highest good where everything else falls short, because He paid it all on Calvary. Where sin has lost its crimson stain, and He washed it white as snow. He paid it all, and no debt to Him is owed except to praise Him. As Psalm 111 says, He sent redemption unto His people. He commanded His covenant forever. Holy and reverent is His name. You see, He redeemed us with His blood. So we go back to verse 111, one. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation to the works of the Lord are great. Sought out of them that have pleasure therein. I don't need anything else for my pleasure for it is temporary joy I don't need anything else but the joy of Jesus. He alone is my pleasure. I don't need to attempt to jump across the Snake River Canyon like Eva Knievel, who suffered more than four hundred thirty three bone fractures in his life. He was remembered then, but no one speaks about him now. But the joy you receive in knowing Jesus, the Son of the Living God, outshines any physical feat or fascinating stunts, not by someone called evil. God will teach you what real stunning is about. If you ever think of the dangers of living without God, that is a stunt. The joy of the Lord is our highest wisdom, and sin is the greatest madness and folly which really comes from Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding have all they that do His commandments. We call Him glorious, matchless, the wonder-working God. We call Him Elohim, the first name given to Him is used 2,300 times in the Bible, power and strength. We call Him Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah, the unpronounceable, absent name of God, he is called Jehovah. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all they that do His commandments. His praise endures forever. Praise is the highest wisdom, and sin is the greatest madness and folly. Wisdom consists of two things, choosing a right end and using right means. To live forever is everlasting happiness.